Welcome everybody to Seeds of Love. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back. Today, I am very blessed to have a beautiful co-host, co-editor, co-creator, <laughs> co-lover in the world, uh, an early childhood educator out of the world, a new entrepreneur, uh, my chief editing officer, I call her my CEO of the self-love guidebook that came out last year, uh, epic dancer and fun goer, and my friend, Teresa Viscomi. Welcome to Seeds of Love. <laughs> oh my goodness I'm so happy we're doing this together um not just like as a creative project which is fun to do because you're super creative um and all the things um but specifically around the topic around child care because we've been in it together and also finding grace within it so today we're going to talk about finding grace in child care what is that how do we do it finding grace what what does that even mean um, because grace for me, a, a big part of that is self-love. And that's something that we always talk about together. It's like a lot of our conversations come back to the foundation of self-love. So it's like, here, we're having a conversation around grace and love, how to create more of that within, um, working with children within maybe the industry, um, and just even grace within ourselves, especially through pandemic. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you. That's a lot. <laughs> Uh, so we met working um, in early childhood education together about 2020. Oh my goodness, eh? Like what year? 2019? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah 2019. Yeah, 2019. Um, and you just came in like this big ball of rainbow brightness, <laughs> bouncing in like, you. hi, it's me. <laughs> I'm new to this town. Hire me. Give me a job. Um, and Accurate. they did. Who says no to this? <laughs> Who could say no to this face? Um, but yeah, so I just, I wanted to talk about this a little bit because um, over COVID, you have done something amazing, um, which was open up your own chat. Well, I call it, I want to call it like a homeschool because you had children of all different ages and you're an educator oh, of children of all different ages. Um, so let's chat about it. Are you ready to kind of jump in? Oh yeah, always. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so this isn't just about, like I said, like those who work within with children as a career, um, but those who find themselves just around littles on a daily. Um, and as I know a lot of people now are feeling like a frustration um, or a lack of patience, especially with like the, the schooling on at home and the online learning and um, just like patience and the pressure and the expectations of just what's going on within society and what we're allowed to do and um, what might be allowed to happen and the unknowns of what's going to happen come the fall um, and even the summer, I guess, really. Um, so I just wanted to open the discussion around the pressure and the expectation around early childhood um, and childcare in general. Um, so when I talk about the word grace, when I say that, what comes to mind for you? So for me, in true me fashion, I looked it up because, uh, you know, you have this idea of this elegance and this like, you know, nice. But when I looked it up, the, the words that jumped out at me was courteous goodwill. And I was like, oh, I love that. Because it, it's not just goodwill. It's not just trying to be kind to other people. It's extending that, that polite goodwill that I don't know what's going on with you, but I'm going to extend to you some grace and produce goodwill. And for me, it's, 
I've been really working on bringing that back to myself, that courteous goodwill for myself. Because it's really hard. It's really hard in, in your everyday walking down the street. It's hard to give that courteous goodwill sometimes to others, but also to yourself. A lot of times I'll say, like, I'm much kinder to my friends than I am to me. I'm a much better friend to them than I am to myself. Because it can be really, really hard because you know all of the things that you're struggling with. You know all of the things, all of the choices that you made. Um, all of the mistakes that you made because we do it all the time. And um, it's really, really necessary to give yourself that goodwill as if it was somebody else. And I remind myself of that constantly because I think in childcare, and this is one of the things that we were talking about, is that there's this pressure for perfectionism. There's this idea that having this everything is perfect and these angel cherubs and everything is wonderful. There's ideas that that's right. There's an idea that that's attainable and that's something that you should be working towards. And I think I don't I know I'm not an anthropologist, but I think a lot of it has to do with the um, in our recent history when we were talking about or when people would go to work and it would be the men usually. And childcare was done behind closed doors. And, you know, men would go to work and come back and they wouldn't see what happened in between. Bye, honey, have a good day. And honey, you're home. They wouldn't see all of the choices, the chaos, the frustration, the mistakes, all of the things that happen when it comes to childcare. You would just see everybody's been fed and bathed and toys are cleaned up and everything's good. And here's your drink and yay. And there's that veneer that this is what's normal. And now we're luckily we're moving into a place where that's not the norm. We're not having one partner expecting to make everything perfect and another partner expecting to go and do something else. We're in this as a team and it's becoming more open. Well, the problem is, is that that idea, that idea that everything can be fine, everything will be perfect and everything should be perfect is still very much part of, at least for me, and what, what I've seen is that internalized idea of what childcare should be, is that you should be able to control your child. And it's not, that's not true, that's not fair. And so extending that courteous goodwill to other people and to yourself when, you know, there's something that happens when a child is just working through something, and maybe it's in public, and maybe the parent's doing it in public, and there's a meltdown, or you're yourself, and transition between going, going to the washroom and going outside does not work the way you wanted it all to the children that you're working with and also to yourself because you're just like I should be able to do this other people have done this I should be able to do this too You dropped so many great nuggets and my internet went out a little bit, but I think I caught them. Um, but what I first loved and one of the first things I caught was the idea of embodiment and how you show up and first being graceful with yourself. Cause like, that's the big kicker is like energy doesn't lie. So for me anyway, so you could come into a room and you want to pretend you're graceful, but I could still see 
that you're super agitated. I can still see that you're really stressed out. I can still see that you're trying to fight and force and make it something. And what I love when we work together and why I think teamwork is actually super important is because if you can work together as a team and empathize with each other, especially in childcare or at home as a team um, or within like sisterhood and the tribe you create around yourself for support or family is when you can really tell that someone needs to just like take a minute and collect themselves. But when you feel like you're on your own and you're chasing that perfectionism of like, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do this. It's like that lasts for like only so long. And you might actually be vibrating at more of like a frustrated, exhausted, um, like despair kind of vibe when you're trying to be joyful and happy. And it's like, you can tell a little bit of a difference, right? Um, So I love like those little bits, especially about the whole be graceful with yourself, like be in that simple space and show that goodwill to myself first and foremost. And that might be like just asking for a break or asking for some help. And that part of needing to control my child, um, because if that's the expectation, especially as like if you're chasing perfection, like if my child has to be this or I'm a good mom or dad, if I'm doing this and I'm creating these these um, opportunities for them, or they're reaching these levels of growth and development on time. If they're not doing that, then what kind of pressure am I putting on myself as a parent or a caregiver as a parent if my child is not reaching a level of development that they should be at? As far as like new norm or average standards is then if I can't control my child, because maybe my child actually needs outdoor education, and needs to be outside a little bit more. Maybe I need to change their diet, right? Or maybe there's something else that I'm looking into or they're not getting enough outdoor time or just whatever. Um, there's, they're not, they're acting out, something's wrong or I'm not doing something right. Like there's just so much pressure on the expectations of parents, especially exactly. now, especially now. And then there's that, that other piece of, okay, all of those questions, all of that is mental. It's not working. What's not working? Do they need outdoor? Do we need to change the diet? Blah, 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 blah. And then it's really, really hard to get back to a level of regulation in yourself so that you can have that grace and, and work through because you're, you're stressed. You're constantly figuring and working through. Um, I'm a good parent. I'm a good caretaker if I have been struggling with that for since like opening that business. Because, you know, you mentioned that I opened a business during COVID, which has been wonderful and the right step for me. And I'm so glad, but also very hard, very, very difficult because uh, on top of that, we got a dog, which is wonderful. He's an adorable, beautiful dog, but we didn't have a fence in the backyard. So I was balancing my needs, my husband's needs, because we're part of a team and I have to make sure that, you know we're having that team and his needs are being met. My needs are being met. Um, my kiddos needs are being met. My dogs and my puppies needs are being met and my cat's needs are being met. And, you know, I did have, I do have a wonderful partner who was in me on that, but this is my own business. So I had to try to figure out how to balance all of these needs throughout the day when it was just me. And before I started, um, I had the beautiful gift of naivety on my side. And when I went back to school for to be an early childhood educator um I like I did it I was like because I hadn't been necessarily a good student when I did my undergrad (laughs) 
I hadn't necessarily embraced it as much as I should. So when I did my ECE, A, it was important. So I wanted to do it well. And B, I kind of wanted that like in myself. I wanted that, honestly, attainable perfectionism. I wanted that 100%. I wanted to get, oh yeah, look at those marks, look at those marks. So I applied myself and I really, really delved into the material and loved it. But it meant that everything was fresh. So when I was looking at other childcare centers, everything was fresh in my mind. And I'd be like, oh, that's cool, but I would, I would do it this way. Oh, I see what you're doing. That's really nice. I would do it this way. And again, that's that perfectionist. That's not that grace being like, oh, you guys are doing an amazing job. You've got limited resources or whatever it is. And, you know, I see that you're doing the best that you can and you, you're coming it with love. I would be like, oh, but isn't this the way we should be doing it based on my textbook? <laughs> like, and I'm like trying to keep my seatbelt on because I'm like, and you're also a leader. And like leaders think like that too of like, okay, and what's next? And how can we enhance that? And can we make it a little bit better? Like, so there's the little, have some grace there, Miss Leader, <laughs> for like being future thinking and being innovative and creative, right? And that's part of where change comes from is when someone sees it from a different perspective and then isn't scared to speak up and say something, self-expression, right? So I just had to jump in there, like, don't you jump <laughs> Love you, Stacey, thank you. But, and I think it, it's interesting, it's that balance of being able to, to still have that leadership and still hold on to that grace and, and see both sides. So now, thank, thankfully for this experience, I do try to really see both sides because starting a business, I mean, truly, I was not ready to start this business. The basement was not finished. We've moved in like a year and a half previously. Um, you know, all kinds of things were up in the air, but the thought was, do I do something that I've always wanted to do that has been my, my goal? Or do I go back to a place or to, to group care? And group care, I just didn't matter where it was. It just wasn't the right fit for me. I was like, and <laughs> let's, let's, bring in you were instrumental in this I still remember going for the walk and being like Stacy what do I do and you're just like it's hard jump and I went you're right I need to do this it's hard but I've got to jump both feet let's do this and so thank you my dear because this was a lot you were very very supportive in that um and but as I said I wasn't ready I didn't have those resources and having the resources so that you can do the work is integral. You need those resources and that can be support from somebody else that's able to come in and be like, hey man, tap out, I got this. It's okay, Take a, you know, it's rough, it's cool, tap out, I got this, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that I loved about working with you is that, you know, we would be like, hey, you need, you need a tag? I'm here, you got, you're good, it's okay. But like, we got this, <laughs> you know? And, and having an in-home daycare, um, and right now I'm not licensed, which basically means that I've, my ratio is one adult to five kiddos, doesn't matter how many adults you have. Um, so it was just me not having the space. One of the things we learn in early childhood education is environment is the third teacher. The first teacher is the teacher. The second teacher is the peers that are going to help the child. And the third is the environment, having it set up so that they can climb, they can you know, manipulate their environment. They can do it and be safe and try new things and learn and, and uncover. And that's really, that's the goal. 
when you're actually doing it in your home and they're playing flip the cars and it's bouncing off the walls and you know how much pain it is to paint, you know, as an educator in a, in a room with other people or, you know, at, at a childcare center, you'd be like, oh, this is a great game as an educator, but also like somebody that's in my home. I'm just like, oh my God, don't, please don't. No, they start with that. <laughs> well, and I think back to, I remember being um, blessed to see Jean Clinton um, Dr. Jean Clinton do a speaking gig through in Niagara and she was amazing she brought up so much about how love builds brains and how great like you know just loving on kids is and eye contact and just hold it like the basics like the simple things of just hug and like presence and just slow it down and one thing that she brought up that's screaming at me right now is like when the child is in, internally in the womb is like safe, it's cozy, right? And it's very important to take care of your body and, you know, people nourish themselves while the baby is in there and, and cooking away. And then they come into the external womb, which is the life and, and the world out here that we bring them into. And I think so many parents these days, there's so much pressure on what kind of because of the the information coming out everywhere and people's opinions coming out everywhere and with social media it's just constant this is what my kid's doing this is what my kid's doing and people using social media to just this is what my kid achieved and this is what my kid achieved and it's just like so much out there that the home and how we feel within the home and what we create and generate within the home even as far as the space that they get to live in the energy that I bring in which is up to me and that's my responsibility of when I walk into the house, how do I walk in? When I walk, I would think about that when I'd go to work. When I walk into work, what energy am I bringing into work? Am I the person that walks in of like, oh, I hate having to be here and all oh, this job? Or am I like, let's do it? Like, I remember one of our old, I think she was um, a student of ours. She's like, do you do like a pump up in the morning? And I'm like, I do actually. Tony Robbins' running <laughs> routine, you should try it. And just like, I'll, I could come in just like, Mwah. which is, you know, one of the great things is like to be up like that and to sustain that all day. And sometimes, you know, it can be difficult to sustain it all day, but when you're working or you have around you other like-minded people or other people who are a little bit more optimistic and also what that, that leader coming back to leadership. And even I think a lot of women right now are in that masculinity piece of having to make this happen, get the kids online and parents also like fathers, like get the kids online. They've got to make their, their structured time. We've got to get the homework done. Like it's so new to everybody, but there's so much like this has to get done. 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 And not a lot of room for flexibility. And I think if we can find this beautiful balance between the yes, things have to get done, but there can also be a flexibility to the day, or I can be a little bit flexible. And I see people constantly in a world of like more, 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 how do we add more to the schedule? How can we get more done? And then if we have to remove something from the schedule or drop something, it's like we feel bad for canceling a plan or we feel bad for not showing up to a party. Um, we're worried about what people will think about us. And sometimes I think it comes down to also a basic of fear of like scared that I'm not doing a great job or scared that I'm a bad parent or scared what people will think about me if I'm, if I'm not showing up as a teacher if my students aren't doing well, or if my students are struggling, what will people think in this, in the sense of like, how will I look or how do I measure up to other teachers? How do I measure up to other parents? How do I measure up to other families? Mm -hmm. If, if, if we're struggling like that, if I have to say no to something, it means I'm not doing enough. Or if I have to cancel something, it means um, I don't care. 
And it's like, that might not actually be it. You say no to something and canceling something might actually be the grace that your family needs to create Mm -hmm. more space and ease within the day. And I think that's where this beautiful feminine can come in of like following the intuition of, oh, you know what? We're a little bit overstretched and we're going to let this thing go. And we're going to be a little bit more flexible and we're going to move with the day and not having to have so much like action, go, 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 go. Like, yes, there's a clear direction on, on a family where it's going and yes, schooling has to get done. And then outside of that, where is there a little bit more flow? Is there dance in the house? Is there music in the house? Like, what are we doing to also just like express and move the body and have fun? Or is it just all structure and logic? And how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we get school done in the midst of the day? And I think that's really interesting because that is something that that well, one of the things that I wanted to do and wanted to have an in-home daycare for is that there's so much structure in center care because everything, like if these kids aren't inside, you know, there's the rule is there's only so many kids allowed on the playground at once. That's the ministry rule. So we need to get this group inside so that that group can go outside because they can't go outside until we go inside. And so there's a lot of like that, that structure, that rigidity. And for me, I was like, you know, I, I get that, but what if we get really excited and we're looking at a bug and we're learning and scrolling down and we're like, oh, this is great. And again, that flow, you know, who cares if the lunch is 10 minutes off? Who really cares? And so I wanted to do an in-home daycare so that I could move towards that flow. Well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and through this year, I've made a lot of, tried a lot of things that didn't work. I wanted to do before and after care. I loved when, where I was working with school age. I wanted to work with school age, but the reality of trying to have school age kids that came in the morning and then we walked the like 20 minutes because it's not that far, but it's kind of far. We walked the 20 minutes with me and like other, other kiddos, little ones getting to the school, dropping off, then walking back, then going through the rest of their day, and then having to leave by a certain time to go pick up those kids. Well, when that was my reality, yeah, 10 minutes doesn't seem like a lot for going inside, but I cannot be 10 minutes late picking up those kids. It's not an option. So again, I had to try to find that flow. And it wasn't necessarily the it wasn't like a judgment. It wasn't a it was the reality of the situation of I need to find the flow and the rigidity, like that flow and the structure. And I still need to, because I made the decision that I, as much as my heart really wants to have before and after school, my heart really wants to have school age kids. The reality of the situation is I can't, I need to focus on early childhood before, before school age. You know, it's hard, but that was the decision I had to make. So now even that I'm not doing before and after, I'll still be like, you know, having that knowledge of, okay, we can, we can be a little flowy here and absolutely like, yeah, okay, we, why don't we do this? And we can be literally here, but we go outside at the end of the day. That's as, as you know, transitions are one of the hardest parts of early childhood. Oh, God. And right, like it's insane. So I was like, let's try to minimize as many. And I don't even want to talk about snowsuits. Like, no, I don't want to talk about snowsuits or sunscreen. <laughs> no, that was why I was just like, we are not going, we are not doing snowsuits, like coming in and then putting on snowsuits and then going out and then coming back in and then later putting on snowsuits and come, oh, we're not doing that. Like, let's do a big block of outside time at the end of the day. Mm. So we always get outside. 
sometimes in nice weather, we can go out in the morning and at night, but like this is kind of our outside playtime. Well, in that, that flexibility, if we don't, if X amount doesn't happen or if XYZ doesn't happen, that cuts into our outside time. Or for nap time, you know, this is the other thing with an in-home. I'm supporting kids of multiple different ages, of multiple different nap times and needs. And so if this doesn't happen, then that kid doesn't get their nap and that. And so it's, it's the balance of, you know, that, that you're right, that rigidity. And I totally wish, I wish that, that it could be like, like fairies and flowers. And <laughs> it's not, um, it's you know, it's, what I love about, and I don't know if this word came up for you, but when you talked about, okay, but I realized that didn't work for me is that you didn't go into like self beat up of like, I'm not going to get this, or I'm not doing this right. This isn't for me. Like maybe it's like, that was maybe that came up as like a hint in the back. Cause the ego always has <laughs> something to say. But there was also this like beautiful sort of surrender to what's not working and the surrender to what's not working, right? Opened up so much more space of like, then how can I be flexible? So like, instead of forcing something that's not working, and I, I say to people like this energetically, like when you have two magnets that you're trying to put together that are both of the same pole right? A negative to negative will always repel itself. And you can try to force that baby together, but it will always create resistance. It'll always try to push away. It'll just not work. And then as soon as you flip it, you give it the exact charge it needs, they come right to it works, right? So it's like, sometimes as soon as you like, let go and surrender to like, that there's so much resistance and it's not working. It's like, well, you have an opportunity to then bring together that part that wants to be attracted to it by getting rid of stop creating resistance to what's not working. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And what a lot of people try to fight is when to, when to let go of the thing that's not working or when to kind of, you know, continue to stick it out and like, okay, maybe we need to make an adjustment. Cause there's that piece too of like, okay, maybe it's just a small adjustment and, you know, and talking about transitions, there's that bit between, especially in a structured center, because, you know, I've had that experience with you where, yeah, you can't just be 10 minutes late coming in because you can't have 10 minutes of lunch late because then you're 10 minutes late for nap and then you're 10 minutes late for the, like, it just keeps pushing everything. And there, it, there's a difficulty in creating the flow. Um, and then, yeah, and it's like, I said this to someone the other day, it's like, if I had a child outside that had to go pee, like I had to bring in 16 kids because I couldn't be by myself. Like it's not this easy thing of just, oh, the kid has to go pee. I'm going to walk them in. It's like, it's a whole show. Um, and yeah. I know earlier you mentioned transition and just as like, a, like I did a wellness um, talk at a, at a company earlier this, this year, last year, later last year. And we talked about this, these transition periods where like when you get out of your car and you walk into work, that's a transition period. When you get from your, you know, through the door to your desk, that's another transition. It's the same as like when you're, when you're leaving snack and you're going outside, that's a transition. When you're going outside to getting the toys out and, and setting expectations, like that's a transition. And there's so many people um, and we do it all the time where one transition bleeds into another and it bleeds into another and it bleeds into another and it bleeds into another. And, into another. and then next thing you know, your bad morning is still showing up in your afternoon. And it's just bled through the day and bled through the day and bled through the day. And we talked a little bit earlier before we jumped on the call and one's reading, we started, we're like, let's record because we're in a flow. Um, is this moment and taking a minute 
before a transition happens to really like bring in the self-awareness to then make the next step. And what I mean by that is that, and when we talk about grace and one thing that's come up for me in the last, I don't know, like week or so, and what I want to share with the listeners, because it was really profound for me is like the opportunity to practice grace or to bring grace into the conversation exists within the pause before the thing, the next transition, the next choice. And you start to live intentionally and make more of like a, have more of a response versus a reaction. How am I choosing to respond rather than reacting? And that takes awareness. And that takes like the practice of mindfulness and why it's so important is it can completely change the trajectory of your day, moment to moment to moment to moment. And, and it can it be very- regulation. Sorry. Exactly. No, you're right. Exactly. Because that's the thing. If you're, if it's the constant, the go, 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 or I'm in anger or I'm in overwhelm and, and I'm, and I'm in sadness and that's just overtaking me, or I'm feeling like I'm not doing good enough and I'm in my own self beat up. It's like, where's the conversation then of how do we turn this day around if you're just constantly stuck in the story? So how do we break it and interrupt story to give the to give grace an opportunity to show up. Because for me, grace within that, there's self-compassion, there's self-forgiveness, right? Like there's so many things and self and just being empathetic with yourself and healing yourself. And there's so many people, especially in childcare, I find who have their own stories of inner child and what it was like as a child and what they needed and why they're even in childcare. Like, oh, I, I wanted to become what I needed when I was a kid. And so, mm-hmm. and I've found so much healing in working with children and you and I have been blessed to work with a lot of the same children, but um, just so you'll, you know, you'll know what I'm talking about. But when you work with kids, they're so full of unconditional love. It's like what they really know is unconditional love and you can be anything and anybody and you can do anything when you are surrounded in unconditional love. You can dress up and be funny and dance and play and make weird noises and be silly and they love it. Like, you're not worried about judgment. You're not worried about comparisons or anything like that. It's just like they create such a beautiful space. And a lot of times the gift that we give back to them, and I saw, and I do feel this is kind of dropping in for me, is like bringing grace and, and slowing things down and that goodwill into childcare is like an act of gratitude for children and what they get to create for us just by being themselves and being loving. It's like a way of showing them appreciation and love is how do we show up for them in a moment when there's a busy transition and lots goes around, like we have, we are starting to build our own internal resources of, okay, I can practice mindfulness or I can slow myself down or I can ask for help. And that's the permission too, is like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to tap out. And I get that in your situation when you're on your own at home and a lot of single moms or stay at home moms or dads are in that position too. Like when you're on your own and with COVID, I can't have a lot of people over, then what? So how do we carve those moments in the day where you don't need an hour to bring yourself down, but what can you do throughout the day or moment to moment to just take a minute, to just take a minute, look outside, change your perspective. You know what I actually, I actually not hacked, but so one of the things that I first did while I was kind of struggling through this and setting up my business, setting up the environment, setting up all of the things was, you know, again, it's during COVID. I'm not able to sit in a staff room and be like, yo, let's talk this out. Or like, how was your day? 
you know, um, I, you can't even go to, like, you can do something, but just even talking with a friend, it, it, there's a screen in between. It was, it was difficult. So I started looking for and starting my day listening to like podcasts or childcare things specific to childcare, because I really wanted to be like, okay, yes, there's that self-care piece and that's huge. And yes, there's all these self-love and all kinds of different podcasts. And I can, you know, laugh at the end of the day and I can do the things that I need, but it's, beginning of my day I need to like get into the mindset of what am I doing what is my training telling me what do I need to do and there's a podcast called again seeds come up there's a podcast called seed and sow and it is a child care podcast about you know your the village sorry the podcast is called voices of your village I'm getting it right and I oh oh because it takes a village that's the whole thing is that it takes a village to, to you know raise a child and this village can be everywhere. It, it's the people around you, but it's also who you let into your, your, uh, your mind, what things you follow. And one of the things that they talk about is sensory input. And you're basically, it's like a bank. It's a sensory regulation bank. When you are bright light, sound, screaming, you know, all the things you're being, you're, you're, it's like withdrawals from your sensory regulation bank. And this is what kind of happens with kiddos. And then things like, you know, really good sensory. So like squeezing and ripping and, you know, like um, all of those things that just make you kind of get those back tingles. In my mind, it's like the back tingle stuff. The stuff that just makes you feel good. That's that putting into your sensory regulation bank. And the goal is for kiddos to give them like a good deposit every two hours. So that could be like doing flips. That could be like big deep hugs, massages, um, Play-Doh. So what I started doing at first, I was like, okay, for them, I need to make sure that every two hours we have something being outside, you know, dancing, what is it? Um, and I would start being like, okay, so at this point in our day, this is a good time to do a table activity, like, you know, bubbles or Play-Doh or whatever it is and painting, whatever it is. And that helped. But you know what the key was, was when I started doing it. Instead of taking that time to do cleaning or other things while they are engaged, I went, okay, what does my body need right now? Because I am also a human being and I am being drained and I am trying, I'm making sure to be calm and taking those breaths and regulating myself, but that's just like microtransactions and it's just taking that little piece. And I specifically remember one day where, you know, I was like, let's do Play-Doh and the kiddos were like, we don't want to do Play-Doh. I was like, you know what? That's fine. My body's telling me right now, I need to smush some Play-Doh. And I took out Play-Doh and I was just like, yep, I need this. And I think it's that, that combination. Because when you were talking about that regulation, you were talking about things that you do best, which is the internal stuff. The, the thinking and the regulating and the breathing. But a lot of times when you've got kiddos around you, and especially if it's just kind of you, you don't have that time. I would love, I try to meditate in the morning. I would love to bring meditation in my, into my day with kiddos, but I truly can't because if I'm doing that and I'm actually meditating, I'm out of, I'm off the floor. Like I'm not actually there and something can happen. And there's so much, like there's so much cleaning and all the things. It's just you, you're doing all of the stuff. So making sure that I checked in with me. Okay. And, and started being like, even if it was something little, like how this, this art behind, like that's, that's my art. That's my piece. Because this is our like kiddo art. I put it up. Um, but I do art with them too because I'm just like, I need art. I need this. I need to have this time and that external piece. It was a game changer, I will tell you. Well, I think 
one of the things that screams at me from that share is that you've kept it authentic to you in the moment. Like, what do I need? And that will change moments. Might, might not be Play-Doh today or might not be art. Like, and that's something that I think is such a gift for children too, is to know that it will fluctuate. And for parents and caregivers to understand that children will fluctuate and that there's like, to keep things consistent, like it has to be this way all the time is that there will be ebbs and flows to what they're interested in and something new that they're interested in. And, and in childcare, we've talked about that, like provocations and switching things up in the room, switching things up in the house and not having the same things to play with all the time because of the need of new variety and getting bored with it. And then the destruction of toys can start to happen and, and the boredom and all these things and like bringing in the new tools, getting them outside. Our kids love digging for worms. They like love that stuff. Um, and some of them didn't, some of them didn't. But yeah. it's just like to That's shake fair. things up, to play with the seasons, to do new things. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, to not, don't be scared to like, you know, increase or have fun with your inner ECE, like your inner teacher and like come up with new games and find new things and bring in rocks from outside. Why not? And keep it in a specific mm-hmm. area, just shake it up. Right. So I think that's a beautiful thing. Cause for you, it's like, I tried doing that and that didn't work. So I'm trying something else and like plugging into podcasts that not only do they feed you for the day and your energy for the day, but it's also still knowledge for your, your industry and knowledge for your career and how you're showing up and continue to grow as an educator and the families that get you as an educator and the children that have you are so fortunate because you're constantly evolving. Like you are constantly expanding as Teresa and who she is as an educator. And I'm just so honored to like, like to have met you. And when I, when we met, it was like so fast and so loud and so big. And during a time where I was going through a pretty different like life transition and, um, I was having my own trust issues. I'm like, who's this girl asking all these questions and stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm so grateful for how we've been able to build and cultivate relationship together while having like really deep conversation and opening up to each other and practicing vulnerability. And I think there is that in childcare of like asking for help might be an act of vulnerability or saying like, I need someone's advice on how to shake things up at home with the kids, or I'm struggling today. I need some support. Um, even just, you know, what, and what does that look like and how can we create that for you? And there's, there's that piece. So I can't ask for help because it will make me think I'm make people think I'm weak or it's weakness if I have to ask for help. And, and I know that that's a societal pressure that we put a lot on people. Um, so there's grace in that, right? Of I need, I need to ask for help today. I'm struggling or like, I'm not yeah, great. I, it's not a great day. It's, I, I, I appreciate because one of the things I love about you is that you're, you always like build other people up, but it like, I'm not an expert in this. It has not been an easy, everything is all good it's been a wonderful challenge. And there was as much as I was like, yeah, I need to start listening. There's been definitely times where I've been resistant to growth where I've been either resistant to growth just because it's like, oh, like I should know this already. And I think throughout our, our discussion, I think one of the things with finding grace with for me is that grace is the opposite of perfectionism. This idea that this is attainable and you should be doing this and you're wrong if you don't hit that key. You're wrong if you don't accomplish all of these things. You're wrong if you don't know all of these things. And 
that's something that I've always struggled with, and I know I will continue to struggle with, is this idea of an attainable perfectionist state. And so it's been finding that grace. And so, you know, like growth has been either resistant to that and knowing that in myself and working through that in myself, but also just, again, the resources. The, I would love to sit down. And I am now moving at a point where I got um, a book. It's called Self-Reg by Dr. Stuart Shanker. I, I've read the introduction. I'm like, yes, you're speaking to me, Stuart. I'm here with you. Thank you. And I'm moving towards that space where it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I know this, but I really need to, to do this again. But being able to actually do that means that I've got all of my rooms set up the way that I want to. I have got all of my materials set up the way that I want to. Like, you know, even figuring out mentally, figuring out the schedule, the schedule that works for everybody, you know, and if you're somebody that works with children and you're listening to this, that's a lot of work. Be very kind to yourself. Figuring out how to set up the environment, the schedule environment, the physical environment, the way that you have your boundaries, the boundaries that you set, because everybody gets to kind of set their own boundaries. That's all a lot of work and it's very draining. And a lot of it you don't see. So when we're talking about that perfectionist or that, that grace, you know, and that judgment from other people, it's really hard because they don't see that. And so you feel like you're trying to justify yourself. What happened today? Well, I was trying to figure out how we hack nap time because I've got a bunch of different, you know, people that need my resources and, and need my support and me that needs time and resources and support. And we tried this thing and it didn't work. And we tried this thing and it didn't work. And we had to tweak this thing. And, it, and you're mentally, as you're maybe doing dishes or cleaning the floor, cleaning the table or wiping down high chairs, you're mentally being like, okay, why did that work? What do we do? Uh, okay, what, what if I do this? It's a lot. And it's very, very, very draining. But nobody sees that work. And mm. so having the energy to then also be like, okay, so like, what about you know, self-regulation and, and what about supporting social emotional development and what about what's going on with this or that or hmm, this isn't working. Let me like, you may not have gas in the tank for that. And it's finding that grace in yourself and in other people and being like, okay, either see if you can reach out for support, um, see what things are available. Like for me, podcasts, I would be able to just put on a podcast while I was cleaning and getting my my house ready in the morning because it wasn't something that I had to to sit down and dedicate time mm. to because I didn't have time I was able to just passively do it while I was actively doing something else and it enabled me to just push the ball forward a little bit mm -hmm. and give you some momentum yeah Tony now, Robbins calls sorry go ahead I got excited no, about it. Oh, um Tony Robbins Tony Robbins calls that your net time when you say like there's not enough time. I don't have enough, there's not enough time to listen to a podcast. It's like it's in those moments where you listen to it while you're doing the dishes or cleaning up a little bit or in the car on your way home or um, you know, having a shower listening to a podcast. Because and even that's in the sense of childcare and just in life in general, I think that multitasking can be extremely taxing on the nervous system and the body. And in childcare, not only are you trying to do many different things, and also reflecting on many different things, there's 
multiple different personalities in the room <laughs> that are all raised differently, who are all coming from different parenting styles and, and also working with different parenting styles because there is that like they are different families and they handle things differently and they speak to their children differently. And so it's still being able to respect the family dynamics while still running your own business. So I love that you brought up boundaries even in that um, because there is that of like, oh yeah, this family, okay, I want to respect that. This family, I want to respect that. But I love that you brought up like, I do it during those moments where this is a small gap that I can give to myself a moment to refuel, to replenish, still get some things done, but I need to like bring myself down a little bit. And I can do that through this podcast. Like that is a resource that you have set up for yourself to understand, okay, when I get like this, I get overwhelmed and it doesn't handle the day. I don't handle the day well. So I need to create something for myself within the day to, to call upon as a tool. Like if you were fixing something, okay, I need a screwdriver you go right for it because you know that's the right tool for you to go and get the job done so it's the same as like the podcast is the screwdriver or this like book at the end of the day is part of the come down or the journal is where I unload and it's a rage journal so I can just rage out in the rage journal and not on my husband when he comes home from work like <laughs> a different tool or or a place within the day that you can gift yourself the moment to refuel and to replenish and to yes find that find that grace again. And, and I think to give yourself some affirmations, like, you know, you talked about feeling the need to justify it. And maybe people, it's like when you get into that self doubt or the insecurity of trying, oh, this isn't perfect. And I'm not attaining that level of perfectionism that I'm looking for of like, oh, if it's not, if it's not great, it's not good. And if it's not good, mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm, I got, I, I can attain this, let's get there. And then having the affirmations of like, what I'm doing is enough. Like I'm doing a great job with these kids and I'm a great teacher. Like I'm an amazing educator and I'm getting better every day. How exciting. Like mm -hmm. giving yourself those. And I do that a lot with my niece and something that I had um, received early on in COVID. I planned to use it with the kids we work with um, was I had gone through the company generation mindful and was about to bring that kind of into the classroom and, and, to work with them in the areas of like mindfulness and compassion, because I think that all encompasses grace as well. Um, but I have these, they're, I don't know if it's backwards on your camera, but it says they're peacemakers, peacemaker cards. Yeah, really and they're, all, they're amazing because <laughs> they have like so many different cards with like so many different colors or super colorful, bright cards um, with the cutest little animals on them. And my niece loves them. She like, she just wants dolphins all the time. Um, but like, and I feel for children and even for us, like once in a while, I'll pick a card. Um, and it's my way of also assisting her in developing her intuition and like trusting her own intuition to just pick the card because it doesn't have to be perfect either, right? You just pick the one and that's perfect for you. Um, but what's great is that they all come with different affirmations on them. Um, I am love and so are you. I choose love this day. So we get to like read them with her and teach her these different affirmations. I am safe and secure. Because I don't think people realize how important an affirmation is once in a while to talk yourself up, to like believe in yourself, to trust yourself, to validate yourself. One of the things I've been doing in my own kind of self-care journey is I do yoga every morning and I do it with my parents on Zoom. I think I've talked to, it's, it's really cool. It's actually, we started doing it in COVID and it's like a, a her name is Cassandra, it's Yoga with Cassandra and she does a 30 day morning yoga challenge. And it's, again, that, that, you know, not necessarily grace, but just 
joy that I, or silver linings from COVID is that I've gained such a much more beautiful relationship with my parents because we will see each other, you know, nearly every morning. But one of the things that she has is affirmations and it's, you know, paired with each one. And yeah, I think that's something I should pull in with my kiddos because I have used um, my learn or my healing is already in process multiple times, <laughs> multiple times. And it is, it's that little, those things that you tell yourself that will help you get through the day. Um, can I circle back to something? And for everybody that's been doing Zoom, I know that circle back is something that, <laughs> a phrase that gives you real anxiety, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's, you know, reaching for your tool in your toolbox. Um, the thing is, is that, and it's amazing, it's reaching for that tool and know how you do that. But there's also that hidden step of the first time you have the problem, you know you need a tool, but you don't know which one it is. And it's the, okay, do I need a screwdriver? Do I need a hammer? Like, I've never done this before. And there's that, that shame piece, that, you know, that, that perfection that you like, you've got a toolbox. Why aren't you using it? Like, you should know. And you've got that inner voice telling you. And again, me and podcasts, like I'm loving, there's one with Brene Brown, which I'm sure you know and love, right? Love her. So it was unlocking us. And the very first episode, she talks about FFPs, which are effing first times or terrible first times if you want to talk with other kiddos. And it's this idea that the first time you do something is hard and terrible and rough. And, and it's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be perfect. And you acknowledge it, you identify it, and then you kind of readjust your expectations of like, I've never fixed this before. I've never had this particular issue before. It's cool to not know exactly what self-care thing I need right now. It's cool to not know exactly, I'm just gonna try it. Okay, the screwdriver doesn't work. Like meditation didn't work. We're just gonna keep trying and it'll be fine. And then the next time it comes up, okay, I know that I need a hammer for this. Like I know that I need this specific tool. I know that I need to do just like, you know, five minutes of dance or whatever it is with your kiddos. I know that, and I've, for me, I've gotten a lot better now, now that things are flowing a little more to be all like, you know what, it's cool. I don't need to paint today. Like, I love to paint, but like, it's okay that I don't need to. I don't feel that need in my body to regulate a certain way. And that also has been something that's really kind of helped me find that grace. Because again, it's that acknowledging that, no, the first time you do something, it's horrible. The first time you do something, it's terrible. You're not supposed to know how to do it perfectly. It's supposed to be, this is, this is rough. And just acknowledging like, oh, I'm in an FFT. Cool. Okay. Got it. Like move forward. First time, worst, we're good. So yeah. that in itself. What comes to me is the saying, like, the first pancake is never the best. Like, it's always like, oh, the girl's not hot enough. Got to make some changes. It's like, that's a sloppy one. But yeah, it's like that first try. And that's where that, well, yeah. No, I was just going to tell you, literally, girl, every time I make pancakes, which I've been doing quite a bit lately, every time I make pancakes, I hear a voice in my head. It's just like, the first pancake. It's never the best one. Never the best one. Never judge yourself. Thanks, this is the sampler. Okay. Yeah, the sampler. Because <laughs> um, really, that's it. And that's where that the fear of failing, I think, comes in for so many people or trying something new or doing it differently is that it's not going to be perfect or it's not going to work out. And guess what? Like, the <laughs> it's like, 
the odds of it working out and being perfect are pretty slim, like always. But it's like, what is it working for you? What's the cost of continuing to do it the way that you're doing? How are you feeling? Right? Because if the way you're doing it right now is causing you to feel extremely fatigued, extremely anxious, like in that despair, and then that I know a lot of people are feeling just like that lack of patience and are short fused more than ever. Like if that's not working for you, then what are you, what are we going to do? What are we doing to make a little bit of a difference or to make a change, not just for like the children in the room. Cause like we've worked with people or um, have had experience of working with people who are a little bit more short fused or a little bit less patient. Like, you know, and you see that and that comes out and it's like, we have an ability and I, re- I try to remind people to not underestimate your inner strength and also your inner abilities to be able to transform to be able to change. And it's actually a gift, like the gift to be able to change perspective on things is like one that we never really open. It's like, you get to change your perspective. You get to create a new story. Every single day you get to do that. And every moment, every minute from your past to your present moment, to the future story you want to create for yourself. So it's like, I love, I love creating now. I try all my house is full of messy stuff, like, because it, it didn't work out so many messy pancakes, but eventually I get to the one that's super, super yummy, or eventually you get to the thing that works for you. And it's like, oh, thank God I didn't stop. Thank God I didn't give up. So that makes me think of something that I read, what was on um, an AMA on Reddit, and it was the uh, co-founder of um, Netflix. So it was one of the guys that started Netflix. One of the questions was, what is something that you see in successful entrepreneurs? And it was like, the, the response was something along the lines of the time between having the idea and the time between executing the idea is tiny. All of your ideas are terrible. You just need to figure out which ones are the worst and which ones are kind of terrible but need to be adjusted. And that thought as I was moving one bin or one material for the fifth time, trying to figure out how, where does this thing go? How do I organize my space? Where does this go? And you feel that, that perfection. You feel like I should have my space all, all shorted. This is such a waste of time. I made the mistake. This is such a waste of time trying to put puzzles in this space. Now I'm moving it in this space. Now I'm putting it in this space. Like this is such a waste of time. And it's that self growth as well, growth as well. Trying to figure out, you know, trying to change my narrative from this time to this time. Like I'm, I'm moving it. This is such a waste of time. And I was having that feeling. I was having that, like, oh, yeah. like I should have, I should have been here. But all the shoulds. Thinking, <laughs> all the shoulds. But then it's like, all the no, shoulds. I'm a successful entrepreneur. Like because I'm just. I have the idea, oh, this might work. Okay, let's try it. Let's try this. And it's the same with that self-growth of like, oh, this might work. Okay, let's try this. This might be who I, I am. Let's try this. And then you, you kind of sometimes back, backslide, but you kind of, you know, it, it's a constant journey and you're constantly moving and working and changing. And it is mm-hmm. it's beautiful. You have that ability to grow and you have the ability to change your narrative. But sometimes people and myself included feel like, oh, like I already had this in here. I already tried this. Like, why am I not moving to where I need to be? And then it's, you remember, it's like, no, because I'm a successful entrepreneur. Like, I'm just having the idea and I'm trying and I'm moving and I keep going. And, and it's that, again, it's that craze of being like, cool, okay, mm-hmm. you got this. 
you're doing a good job. You're trying, you're showing up and trying. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. It's like grace isn't in the shoulds. It's in the, I'm trying new things. <laughs> I'm trying new things. I'm adjusting. I'm making adjustments yeah. because that's it. It's like, we get to create in, in being open-minded and then being flexible. So like you get to, you get to figure out how to create more ease in the classroom or how to create more ease within your, um, with the students that you have or how to create more ease within your home, how to create more space within the home and within the family unit and within that structure is how do we then, okay, we tried that, that didn't work. What's next. Okay. We tried that. That didn't work. What's next. Rather than seeing it as there's gotta be this end goal. It's gotta be like this. It's going to be perfect. And I'm not attaining that and and getting caught up in, yeah, that perfectionism and that frustration and what comes with that. Um, And how tight that feels like, cause I go into body awareness, just how tight that feels within the body. Like the shoulders go up and the shoulders are the shitters, right? Like I should have done that. And this should, why is this not working? I should have this under control by now. Like we've been in COVID for over a year now and I still don't have this unlocked. And it's like, yeah, cause you didn't open a freaking school teacher, like or parent, mm-hmm. like you're, you know, you're, yeah. you are figuring out how to do it all. And we talked earlier about the being in fight or flight. Like, like right now, like, do people have a job? Are they able to afford their home? And like, also be a good parent and be a good partner and give themselves the space. Okay. Date nights are great, but what about the space for the individual? And you talked about that earlier of just like, what you need to do just for you? Like, what does mom need? What does dad need? What does that individual Mm -hmm. child need? Like just the movie night, is that what they need? Like love languages and going back into Mm -hmm. that state of just also getting to ask for what you need and speak up to say like I just need a minute or I need a night or I need like an afternoon of just like a car ride like I need to go for a drive I'm fine I just need some space and it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong or or that someone's doing something wrong sometimes space is just like to clear the head to clear the air to get out of the energy for a minute and to get that reflection piece done and to calm the body to calm the mind to listen to the mm-hmm. podcast uninterrupted <laughs> Right. Like, so that's that bit too. It's like, there's no shame in asking for half an hour. There's no shame in, 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 in creating that space for yourself, that time. I remember when we worked together in my lunch times, my legs were like up against the wall, <laughs> you would leave. But like on my Aww. lunch, I'd like, I would either lay in the back hallway in darkness on my yoga mat with my legs up against the wall as a way of like de-stressing and decompressing for me. Right. I can smell the, I can smell the wet snow boots now in the the hallway, but it's like, because that's what I needed. That's what I needed. Like I, I couldn't be on my phone on lunch because I didn't serve me until I got up and I could have something to eat and go back on the floor. But I felt like I had rebooted, like gave myself a moment to just like reset, revive, (laughs) revive, find the vitality to continue through the day rather than drag. Like there was, there's a difference between being with the day, being a part of the day, embracing and rejoicing in the day and being dragged by the day. And there are moments where you will might feel like you're getting dragged by the day and that that's also okay too, to not always have that control over this day is going to be perfect. (laughs) This day is going to go like a hundred percent. It's like, if I'm in joy today, awesome. If I'm in happiness today, great. Like I want to be the happiness, the bliss, the the celebration, the fun, the dance, the expression. And that's how we spend our day. And that's where I choose to focus. And could things have been done a little different? Yeah. 
but that's not, it's not a, the, a reflection of my value and my worth. It's a reflection of your humanity. You know, like, and, and it's, it's the balance between growth and acceptance. And that's another duality that it's, it's fun work. It's interesting work, but sometimes it can be really hard to be, to, at least for me, to land more into that growth of like, that should, like, okay, well, what am I going to do better next time? And blah, 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 blah. Instead of being accepting and finding the joy and being in the moment and just kind of going with the flow and learning from it, but then also not even learning from it. See, that's, that's that growth. That's that, like, I want to keep on learning, but it's like, no, it's cool. Be happy. You're never going to have this moment again. Just be happy in the moment. Enjoy the moment. But, yeah. and again, that's that masculine feminine, uh, that rigid and slow of, yes, but also lunch needs to be started and you're the only one that's going to be mm-hmm. doing it. And, you know, if we don't start on lunch, you know, this needs to be cleaned. Your task needs to be done. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I love that idea. Like when, and just in life in general, when you have a goal and you have something that you want to attain, you get like a really clear vision of it. And the masculine says, yeah, I'm going to go for that. That's my vision. And I'm solid. Like, that's what I want to create. That's what I'm doing. And it's like, I'm going to see myself through and all of that. And the feminine gets to say, and I need to go here for a little bit to make that happen. And then here for a little bit to make that happen. And here for the little bit to make that happen. Still serving myself while still serving you. And the masculine's like, yeah, and we're still moving in this direction. And the masculine is not a gender. It's an energy. It's like Mm -hmm. the direction forward is the masculine, the being able to ebb and flow to learn what needs to be learned to continue on that path is the feminine. And we all have that energy. And being in the constant direction all the time can be a lot for people to be on the receiving end. It can feel like a bulldozer for people who are like, I'm, <laughs> I'm ebbing right now. I'm ebbing right now. You're like, no, no ebbing. We're going, we're focused. Let's make it happen. And it's like, ah, like what, what? I'm in reflection. Like I'm in the, I'm in the creating more efficient ease right now. And, and there is that. And why I think it's so important in teamwork and developing a camaraderie is how to be able to brainstorm together and be innovative together and how you want to create that. And for, I think a lot of people who work on their own, they can just do it. Right. So it's like bringing another energy into it can change some things up. But um, I, for parents, it's like the, get the new goal. I feel. And when it comes to childcare, like what does realistic childcare in your home look like right now? Right. Like, what does that look like right now? What does that look like for the summer? And how are you going to see that through? Because it's like, we get to decide that right now. Like, yes, the grades are coming, report cards are coming out and that's all going to happen but very soon. That's not going to matter. And we're going to get to enjoy the summer. So realistically, what does your goal for your family or your goal for the, you know, the children that you work with, what does that look like right now? And what do you want to create? Because it's going to be different for everybody. And then how are you going to attain that? Are you going to stay, like, to stay focused? What are you going to do to be able to manage yourself to attain that goal while still having fun and still being in joy and still allowing the ebbs and the flows, but staying, staying on purpose? And that goal could be with childcare, it could be with your career, whatever it is you're looking to create in your life. But to stay on track for the vision, it's like, it's great to be able to stay focused on those things and to be able to ebb and flow. And I can be of service here and I can help these children and I can be a loving, compassionate, patient mom, if that's the affirmation I want to tell myself, 
I am a loving, compassionate, patient mother. <laughs> I am a present, loving, and playful dad. Like whatever that looks like for someone to create for themselves when they're in that, oh my God, life is crazy today. The house is upside down. It's like, what are you telling yourself? Like, what is the story? Change it up. Change the script, change the script, change the script. And get back into, back into instead of being in the heaviness of what's not working, getting back into the accepting what is and creating something new and intentionally creating in the day. And that power of the pause and where grace comes in in that moment of am I reacting and in the shoulds and shitting all over my family and myself or am I in the responding and showing up in the way that I want to show up for for people today and it's okay to like not be showing up perfectly all the time <laughs> like it's okay to just take a minute and go pee and figure it out and I think that's where we that that self-compassion and that humility comes in and that's something that I had to work on even as like a coach or in spirituality or whatever it was it's like I study energy and I my energy is all off today it's like well, yeah, because you're an energy being and there's a lot going on out there and you have a lot going on in your life. So that makes sense. Like it's not going to be perfect on point all the time. And sometimes we'll like when you shift things to consciousness, we'll bring things up in you that you didn't realize were things that you struggled with. Like I probably wouldn't have thought that I was a perfectionist until I started looking into that a little bit more of like, wow, like I want the day to be perfect today. Like, wow, I want to show up perfectly today. When did that happen? (laughs) It's like, have I been like that for a long time? And then yeah, actually I have, like we get to ask ourselves those self-discovery questions and how beautiful they are, which means you're just showing up differently every day, which is beautiful. So if you could leave parents, not just parents, but anyone in childcare, working in childcare center at home or just finding mm-hmm. themselves um, ECEs at home right now because <laughs> they're parents and they're having to figure it out. Um, and I have no idea what they're doing. Um, what would you leave them with? Like, what would be a final thought? Um, first final thought is you're doing awesome. Genuinely, thank you. Because it's, it's such a big thing that we're doing. We're raising the next generation together, not just one, like we're together raising the next generation, the next generation. It's a lot and it's hard. And thank you for doing the work and thank yourself for doing the work and love yourself doing work because it's necessary wonderful training joyful frustrating awesome work i think the second thing is be very aware of what you're letting into your own bubble um when it comes to doing that work you know yourself so maybe it's your instagram feed what you follow the child care advice that you're following because if you're seeing you're surrounding yourself with a place of comparison and shame that you're you're going to have that guilt and you're going to carry it with you and you're going to carry that comparison you're not going to find that grace and that joy in yourself and like oh you know what though this is wonderful this is okay and we're going to move forward you're going to be constantly comparing um and a lot of it is in in the way that we're talking about child care right now and the zeitgeist a lot of it is opinion a lot of it is an actually science um and i think we need to you know, to be aware of the opinion of what's going on, but actually go back and say like, okay, but like, what do child psychologists say about this? What does the actual research say about this? Because then that's fact, or not necessarily fact, like 
it, science is a constantly moving our understanding. This is our, our knowledge, our understanding of child right now and child psychology right now. It's not our opinion of what parenting style is better or what this or that or that. It's what we actually know. And that is, I think, something that's really important to get back into to make sure that we are surrounding ourselves with the people and the information that serves ourselves and then will serve our kids so that we can move forward just as a society. But also under all of that, just find joy and love. Kind of awesome. A lot of times we forget how awesome it is, but like we get to play with kids. I don't know about you, but like I've been being playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for like the last two weeks. It's awesome. Who gets to do that in their day? I get to do that in my day. That's pretty fabulous. That's what I have to say about that. I love the clean the feed campaign here. Clean the feed. I've done that before and it works, right? Like when you're going through your feed and you're like, whoa, news, whoa, news, whoa, news. It's like you can unfollow or you can unsubscribe. Like you could always come back to it later. But it's like, is it serving me? Is it serving me? Is it serving me? Is it serving me? Um, and I think that's a really empowered question to ask yourself is, is it serving me? And that because that can show up in many different habits and many different um because it's not just like, like you said, what you're allowing into your, your field and what you're allowing into your life, because it's not just social media, that's just one avenue. Um, mm -hmm. It could be certain conversations with certain people that when you talk to them, you just feel drained. Is this serving me? <laughs> and like you said, like, we're all raising the next generation in the middle of a pandemic. So it's like parents are doing a great motherfucking job. Like, I don't they're think I could say They're job. doing an amazing job. Like, <laughs> And I love how there there's even the conversation of, oh my God, my kid didn't, my kid didn't have pants on today. And it's like, there's, a, it's like, yeah, well, let's, it's okay. Like, it's okay. And everyone's trying to figure it out and everyone's doing a great job and being patient with each other and being patient with this process and just being patient with like yourself through the pandemic and how you are handling the pandemic. Because I think for so many people, like I was, I was not raised. Oh no! Sorry, like I don't care. Like I was not raised in how to handle a pandemic. Like I had no nothing to really call upon, just like my own little tools. So it's like you're handling a pandemic while also teaching and raising and molding a young mind. And there's there's something there I think for people to be proud of and to really hold dear is that like. I am actually doing a really good job and like to create that for yourself. Like your kid is fed, your kid is happy, you know, and if they're, and if you have to switch some things up, like that's okay. Like there's no shame in having to make an adjustment. There's no shame in, in, in how to create more ease within the day. And so I'm happy to have you on here. There's strength in there to say, I need to make a change and I need to make an adjustment. And Ooh, what do I get to do? <laughs> um, so I love that you mentioned the podcast. What a great, like, you know, tool to call upon and everybody's got like their own thing, like go for a walk and listen to music or whatever it is. Walk the dog on your own, not with everybody. If that's what you need at the end of the day um, and just be healthy, be happy, stay in love, love always. Um, thank you for being here, T. Thank you for having me. Stacey, as well. Yay. I feel like we talked about this for a while and we made it happen. We did it. <laughs> Um, lots of love for me, Stacy. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. We might post this online. Maybe people will get to watch it. Um, but otherwise, lots of love, T. Lots of love, everybody.
Lots of love. Mm-hmm.